Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening. My name is Matt Dotre, the government reporter for the Avalanche Journal, uh, here again with the AJ's March primary preview. Today, I'm joined by Philip Hayes running for county court at law number three against David Nelson in the Republican primary. Judge Hayes, thank you so much for joining me. Matt, it's my pleasure. Yeah, how's thanks, for, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is I'm Judge Philip Hayes. I am the judge in county court at law number three. Um, I'm presently there by appointment and seeking election on March 6th. Very good. You want to, uh, tell me what you did before that. For 27 years, I was a practicing attorney here in Lubbock County, representing hundreds of people and, and entities in, in various types of lawsuits. But primarily, my f practice focused on the types of cases that go on in county court at law number three. Um, I realized when uh, the governor appointed Judge Parker to the Court of Appeals in Amarillo that that was going to create a vacancy in there. And I had uh, had desires to, to be a judge before, having applied for the same position uh, years earlier when Judge Paula Lanehart retired. Uh, and the Commissioner's Court appointed Judge Parker at that point. And with her vacancy in 2017, I, it felt like a, a natural fit for me to make application again with the Commissioner's Court. and and go through the process. And so I did, as did my opponent uh, both times. Okay. Uh, and so uh, to be fair to him, he had applied for it previously as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this time I was fortunate enough to have the unanimous uh, vote of the commissioner's court uh, in appointing me. Absolutely. Um, talk about that desire. You know what? <laughs> I hear that when this seat opened, there were it seemed like 10 very qualified attorneys applying for this for this position you know tell me about the desire and is that is that kind of the next step is to kind of proceed preside over a court matt i think that uh, the desire started in me in about 2007 i'd been practicing for 17 years at that time and and was involved in a, in a long uh, jury trial uh, with Paula Lanehart being the presiding judge over that case. And uh, during one of the recesses, she told me that she wasn't going to be, uh, if, it went, if this case were appealed, she wouldn't be hearing it because she was retiring. And that was the first that I knew of it. Yeah, and your eyes got and, a bit big. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I said, oh, really? Uh, uh, you know, uh, who's, going, who's, who's taking your place? And she said, that'll be up to the commissioners. You ought to apply. And I began thinking about it. And uh, talked to my wife about it and, and colleagues. And at that point in my career, my law partner of, of uh, 17 years at that point was uh, considering retiring. He was quite elderly and, and thinking, well, I'm going to step out. And so uh, the, the desire grew in me at that point because I was going to be making a transition one way or another changing law firms yeah. or moving on and and this looked like a logical progression of a legal practice with someone that wanted to make a difference and and so I thought about it for uh, two or three months and then the and then when she did actually retire that opened it up and I made application and was interviewed twice by the county commissioners and and uh, was unsuccessful at that point but I moved on and, and continued to practice law. Yeah, and then, of course, yeah, <laughs> the, the next seat that opened or this seat that opened, you applied again. You know, what, uh, what do you think, how do you think you stood out from that pool, and why do you think the Lubbock County Commissioner has ultimately appointed you? 
Well, there were 12 candidates or 12 applicants, I guess, for the position, uh, all well qualified in their own right in certain areas. But I think that the commissioners did their due diligence and they asked the court administrators what kind of cases go on in this court yeah. uh, and then can you break it down uh, and in our application process we had to give a percentage of what kinds of cases we did whether it was a bankruptcy or criminal or family law probate guardianship and, and breaking that down into a percentage of each person's practice and i think that the application uh, that the applicants answered truthfully and, and put down what they were involved in in mm -hmm. their legal practice. And my particular breakdown probably put me in the finals, uh, so to speak, yeah. uh, to, and then, and then perhaps the public interviews that we had in the commissioner's court uh, may have, have tipped the scale in my favor. It, it was, it, let me just say that the commissioners did uh, an outstanding job and did their due diligence. They are constitutionally charged with filling vacancies in, in county offices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it took them uh, about eight weeks from the time that the applications closed until they named the appointment. Okay, okay. And when did you assume um, that position? Well, I was, uh, I was appointed or selected by the commissioners on October 23rd and it took me a little under four weeks to close my law practice, give away my files, give away my clients, stop my revenue source, mm -hmm. and then take the bench on November 15th. November 15th. Okay, great. And you want to talk about the past uh, just a bit over two months then? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for the past two months, uh, you know, obviously there, there has been a, a learning curve. I'm sure. Luckily, yeah. luckily, not a steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. the, one of the hardest uh, things that I've had to do so far uh, administratively was learn the county computer system and how to access the records and to electronically sign orders and to to schedule things. Uh, but it, but that that has I've overcome that yeah. now and I'm <laughs> I'm up and running on the computer system. Uh, but the since November fifteenth. I've had uh, two jury trials scheduled, both of which uh, have been settled or were, were moved out of my court because of a possible conflict of interest that I might have had because one of them was a case I was actively involved in before. So okay. it was going to be moved anyway, but they were, they were on my schedule. And then every week we have uh, motion hearings, uh, that is where people file a motion to suppress evidence or to uh, to order a deposition or quash a deposition or schedule a, uh, have a scheduling hearings to see how we're progressing on cases. We do that every week and that's uh, those things take anywhere from uh, five to 30 minutes. Uh, we have a lot of of uncontested divorces being proven up every Friday and that's where lawyers bring their clients in or pro se litigants uh, that means people without lawyers come in and uh, they are finalizing their divorces by themselves those happen on Friday morning at 8 45 so uh, we can usually do two or three of those in 15 minutes mm -hmm. yeah but uh, there have been uh, quite a few contested uh, trials in and since November 15th I think between November 15th and December 31st we had five contested trials that took anywhere from one day to three days we've had uh, and then since January 1st 
uh, we've had two contested trials and uh, several others have been were on the schedule but have been continued because of the flu one party or their lawyer or someone had the flu <laughs> yeah. and i said don't bring that in Can't here that. So, yeah <laughs> so okay so so part of my ignorance but so no jury trials but multiple contested trials contested they're called bench trials bench they're trials. trial okay. they're, those are tried to the bench to the to the court okay um the interesting thing about this court and about all courts across the country is a trend away from jury trials. It's still an option for everybody that comes into my court. If they want to have a jury trial, they'll have a jury trial. But I've done some checking uh, because I, I couldn't remember the last time I w had seen a jury trial in county court at law number three. And so for the past three years, in 2017, there was one jury trial in that court. Really? Hmm. In 2016, there were zero. And in 2015, there were three. There's been four jury trials in the last three years in that courtroom. Now, why is that? It's because it's a civil, it's a civil trial court, and many people do not want to air their dirty family laundry in front of a jury, and so they choose not to have jury trials in divorce cases. Uh, probate cases are similar yeah. because when there's a probate contest, it's generally children fighting children, children fighting stepmother or stepfather over something. Uh, and so they don't usually choose to have juries do that and resolve it. Many times it's questions of law that are, that are needing to be applied to the case, and that's what the court does. The jury applies, the question, applies to the question of fact. Yeah. And so... Uh, there just have not been a lot of jury trials in there. That doesn't mean that I don't have the jury trial experience mm -hmm. uh, over 27 years, uh, and, and jury trials are very interesting. And when you let, a, uh, you, you let a body of 12 or a body of six, many times in our court, we have six-person juries on some cases. Okay. Uh, but any many times when you let that, that body determine your fate, you are really rolling the dice and, and hoping that they understand you and that they they uh, can agree with you instead of your opponent. Yeah, so many times it gets settled outside of court then. And then just, just to make, just so people listening understand, you know, county court at law number three handles the, the civil cases, right? And Absolutely. Then, and then the other two courts handle the criminal cases. Yeah, and, and the other two courts have many, many, many more jury trials because a, a criminal defendant, and, and these are misdemeanor defendants, but they're DWIs and, and assaults and, and things like that, yeah. theft, theft cases and things that are under a certain dollar amount, they're tried in the county court at law number one or number two. And many times they believe that they have the evidence and that a jury would be sympathetic to their cause and not convict them. And so they choose juries. Yeah. But, but in my court, the civil trial court, m most of the time, juries are not asked for okay and, and, what, and what makes a in your words what makes a good judge well i think a good judge has to be a great listener number one there has to be a, a an air of integrity about that judge that the parties and the attorneys will respect the integrity is is not something that you just put on with the robe. It's something that you bring into the courtroom as part of your personality, part of your upbringing, part of your of your uh, of your being. Uh, and then, a good listener, integrity, someone that understands the type of law that's going on in front of them, 
and someone that understands how to apply that law to the particular facts that are being presented. And so your, I would imagine your law firm, um, uh, that was your area, right? C- civil cases, civil Absolutely. matters. Okay. So, so yeah, plenty of experience from here. Talk a bit about your experience then yeah, from that side. Sure. The majority of my of my experience in in, the, in these types of cases has been uh, in the early years was more family law. I probably did uh, 50% or more of my practice was family law uh, up until about seven or eight years ago. And as I moved through my practice, more and more of my clients were coming in with questions about wills and estates and guardianships for their minor children that had maybe they, they might have had uh, autism or downs or some other something that that they were just getting ready to be 18 years old and the parents were no longer going to be able to make decisions for them mm-hmm. or or control them uh, and, I, and I don't mean a physical way but I'm talking about these these youngsters were going to become adults for all practical purposes mm-hmm. and be susceptible to society preying on them because they didn't have a mentality that made them an adult, even though they were 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. And parents would have to come in and, and seek to, to get a guardianship over them so that they could assist them with health care and with contracts and and with job opportunities and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so more and more of my, pay, uh, my clients, as they began, as my clientele was getting older, these things became more important to them. And so I found myself more and more into the probate and the guardianship aspects of the court. Yeah. And did you have quite a bit of courtroom experience when you were a practicing attorney? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I've tried hundreds of cases uh, to, to verdict most in front of judges. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, numerous jury trials, uh, some successful for my side, some weren't. Mm-hmm. And that's just what happens when you try enough of them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, and then the, you know, I guess... My experience was very broad. Uh, there were times when I would uh, go for two or three weeks at a time and not even see the courthouse. But I would be in my office doing an office practice and meeting with clients and preparing for trials down the road yeah. or hearings. And then, uh, uh, and when I say office practice, that's uh, kind of the nomenclature for deeds and and doing you know writing demand letters and and doing things that are necessary. To get the ball rolling in, in with respect to property transfers or or uh, handling affairs for people that are not going to the courthouse. Okay, which seems practical given what you just said. Where a lot of that stuff, it, it doesn't seem like it, it hits the courtroom all that often. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Um, but I do have to. Add, I mean, have you ever worked with a difficult judge before, and, and how do you handle those types of situations? Great question. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone that's been in the courtroom at any, you know, any any number of times has had difficult judges. Many of them are difficult because they are uh, are very task oriented, and they want to make sure things move in a direct manner and they demand that of the parties and they're not going to put up with any nonsense or delay or continuances or things like that Mm -hmm. and those are difficult because sometimes your delays are just they can't be helped your client can't be there on a certain day or or there's the flu is going around yeah. or there's an, uh, a death in the family or something. And, and I think judges have to be compassionate to the people that walk into the courtroom and, and give them respect 
uh, because they are there under difficult circumstances. And those, you know, but difficult judges also are sometimes, uh, they, they're there and it may be their personality. They're just difficult people. And we, we all run into those from time <laughs> to time in all of our professions. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so handling that is, is you try to, to make sure that your client is prepared when you walk into the courtroom every time, mm -hmm. difficult judge or not, and you make sure that the, that the client has some expectation of, of how this is going to be run, what, what, to be, what is to be expected from this particular judge or whatever, so that there are no surprises because it's, it's hard enough to, to handle the difficult judge but it's also you're having to wrangle your client and make sure they understand what's going on because if they're getting unruly at you sitting at the council table and the judge is unruly yeah. at you sitting at the bench, it gets to be kind of, a, uh, it's more than a three-way <laughs> ring circus at times. And so now where, where you currently sit on the bench, how do, you, how do you make sure you remain fair and impartial and all those good qualities that come in a judge? Well, great question. Uh, when I when I took the bench, it, I, I assumed that this was going to be uh, going in there, hear the evidence, and being able to rule. But judges make life-changing decisions, and so it has been my focus to look at each piece of evidence, each party, what they where they've come from, what they're presenting, what they're seeking in relief from the court. Mm -hmm. And, and attempting to give them due consideration and respect for their position. When two lawyers are arguing about the same law but they, and, and the same facts, but they're trying to say, well, judge, the law looks at it this way, and the other one says, no, judge, the law looks at it this yeah. way. It's difficult to make those decisions, but that's what judges do, and that's what we're paid to do. And so it's, it's been my my hope to walk into that courtroom every day with with god-given wisdom to to discern the truth look at the evidence and then make a fair and reasonable judgment that the people are expecting i believe that uh, even even when i've lost cases when my clients felt like that the judge gave them their day in court with respect mm -hmm. and, and discernment even if they lost i think they feel still felt that they had their day in court and then and, and it was justified absolutely uh, are you surprised by how much attention this race is getting in terms of you know i wrote about that during the, for the campaign finance report see i guess more so financially but i'm also hearing a lot of chatter just about this race because usually judges run unopposed it's very well, rare to get contested judge races well, it is in, in Lubbock County, especially, but uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh, my opponent has has been in the legal community and has tried to to for several judgeships, as, as you may know or may not know. Uh, he's attempted to to be appointed or to be elected several times, and he has been active in the community and, and probably. Uh, has a lot more connections out there than than I do because my focus has been on my my faith and my family and my practice and my clients and not as much on uh, being a member of a board or being a member of an organization or something like that um, and I've you know 
my wife and I raised two beautiful girls that are now beautiful women and in their own right and they're off doing well uh, and so by, by, by him being more well known in the community and me being appointed unanimously by the commissioner's court I'm sure that that got a lot of people talking about wow here's a judge over here and here's someone that wants to be a judge yeah. on the other hand and they're wanting to uh, to to create not controversy but a little excitement about an election for a change and maybe that's where it's coming from okay but I'm not surprised about it I, I, I figured there would be some focus on this yeah. and and we have a contested county judges race <laughs> and uh, and so I think that's going to get some people energized and, and this election is going to have a, a better turnout than what most off-year elections do mm -hmm. are you able to find time in order to campaign and do things like that outside of your typical work schedule? Well, Matt, I'm, I'm at the courthouse uh, to take care of all of the things that are on my schedule. And when uh, I've completed my task for the day, it's usually three or four in the afternoon, I'm able to go out and I'm able to knock on some doors or to call on some businesses or or to meet with uh, with with some small groups or large groups and and try to get my story out and let them know what uh, what my message is uh, and and so but then it always goes late into the night there's always things to be done at home on the computer uh, the finance reports have to be done timely the uh, the campaign reports the returning phone calls answering emails from people that are interested in the race uh, putting yard signs out uh, all of that usually it takes uh, I would say between six and eight hours a day after I leave my job at the courthouse okay okay so yeah. I have two jobs now. <laughs> it seems like it and how do you go about I, I find that interesting too is how you separate yourself from your opponent in this race because you're not campaigning on policy initiatives or anything like that it's just more so you, you know pitching your Pitching yourself, pitching your personality, absolutely that, that kind of things. You know, how do you go about separating yourself? Well, my 27 years in the courtroom versus his 40 years in a courthouse is the difference. Um, he will tell you that he's had 40 years of trial experience. Well, I've had 27 years of trial experience in the types of cases that go in this court. There's a huge distinction there. It's someone that that would be uh, comparable if you if you have a, a toothache, or, or I'm sorry, an earache, and you go to uh, an ear doctor, or do you go to a uh, someone that is, is primarily specializes in orthopedic surgery? <laughs> so if you want somebody that's done what you need done, I'm the candidate. If it's some someone that you say, well, this guy has 40 years of experience but not in family law, not in probate, not in guardianship, to the extent that I have. And I'm not discounting what he, what he says that he had, but primarily his focus has been on representing insurance companies in personal injury cases against the injured. And that's what his, his focus has primarily been uh, for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Mine has been in the other areas, and that's the areas that go on in, in my courtroom. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on those areas? Sure. Those areas are family law, and that includes divorce, 
child custody, child support issues. It includes uh, moving cases from the CPS court into my court. When they can't be resolved in the CPS court, they come into my court. And many times that causes the termination of parents' rights and children placed into uh, adoptive situations or foster care. Mm -hmm. It also, my court also handles contested probate issues that come up from the county court. Constitutionally, the county judge is uh, the primary jurisdiction for probate, guardianship, and mental commitments. When those things become contested, and oftentimes they do, they come into county court at law number three. I've done all three of those things in the county court. I've done all three of those things representing individuals and people that are that are committed uh, in county, county court at law number three. Mm -hmm. So uh, that there are civil trials that go on, business disputes between partners or someone is feels that they have been uh, wronged at a business and they're suing the business for refunds or whatever it is. Those are simple civil trials that go on in county court at law number three with a jurisdictional monetary limit. They, if, it, if they're suing for millions of dollars, all those go up to the district okay, court. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but the county court of law has a monetary mm -hmm. jurisdiction. And then uh, all of the cases that are appealed out of the JP court, that's landlord-tenant disputes mm -hmm. and uh, other civil lawsuits in the small claims court. Somebody doesn't get the result they like, they have the right to appeal, and it comes into my court, not one of the other county courts of law, but they all come into my court. And those are civil trials that uh, that need to be heard. And I intend to give each one of the litigants their day in court, give them the respect that they deserve, make sure their rights are preserved, and, and let them know that the justice system in Lubbock County works for them. During your election announcement, you said your message was um, conservative experience integrity judgment. Can you elaborate on, I'm curious, just conservative, kind of what you meant by that? Well, I've been a conservative Republican all my life. I understand that uh, that conservative is kind of a buzzword in every campaign in, in this part of the state. But I am conservative. I'm fiscally conservative. I'm socially conservative. I believe that the, uh, that the, the rights of the people belong to the people and not necessarily to the government. Uh, the uh, Experience is the experience I've just expounded on, the 27 years doing the cases that I do. The integrity is, as I spoke earlier, something that's part of your being, something you bring into the courtroom, that you can be fair, you can be impartial, and, and not be swayed by, by something you've done in the past or something that, is, that uh, it would have an undue influence mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any events coming up, anything like that, anything people should keep an eye out for? Absolutely. Uh, we are having a fundraiser at Citibank next Tuesday night, March 6th uh, at 5.30 p.m., and uh, we'd love for anyone that's interested to come on by, meet the candidate. Uh, we will be continuing to meet and greet uh, people throughout the communities, Shallow Water to Slayton, Idaluda, Wolferth, all, about, all around Lubbock. New Deal, Abernathy, we're going to be in all those places. That's right, yeah, countywide, I forget. It is <laughs> countywide. Yeah. Um, we're going to continue to uh, to have volunteers putting signs out around the county for us to make people aware that uh, Philip Hayes is the judge in county court at law number three mm -hmm. and that, that I have an opponent and that we're expecting uh, people 
to get interested and to get out and vote on March 6th. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, tell me what's uh, tell me what that's like. You know, you've you've only been in this position for two months, and now you, here you are <laughs> having to run a campaign. Well, you know, what, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good question as well. And you know, when I was appointed, I knew, and, and the commissioners asked everyone that applied in that in that uh, public interview, if you are not appointed, will you run? And I think there were six or seven probably that said, yeah, sure, Mm -hmm. I'm going to run. Well, it turns out that there's only one other Mm -hmm. person that's running. And uh, and that's probably a good thing for for both uh, Mr. Nelson and myself because that means on March the 7th, we will know who's going to be the judge for the next four years in county court law number three. Yeah. There's not going to be a runoff. There's no Democratic opponent in the November primary. So this is the election, basically. Okay. And... uh, but when you apply for that position and you know it's a public position, you know that there's going to be elections had and you are going to have to run, whether it's opposed or unopposed, uh, in this time, mine happens to be opposed. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Judge Hayes, I appreciate your time. That's all the questions I have. Anything we didn't get to? or Matt, I just uh, thank you for, for having this opportunity to sit down and visit with you, mm-hmm. answer your questions, and uh, just look forward to the people turning out early voting starts on february 20th at all of the large grocery stores and mm-hmm. places around town around lubbock in the county uh but the uh, actual election day is march 6th and i'm looking for a good turnout my supporters are going to be out there uh, we're going to be knocking on your door so uh, when we knock don't be afraid to answer <laughs> we want to answer your questions and let you know about your county courts mm-hmm. very good thank you so much for your time we appreciate thank it thank you mm-hmm. i appreciate it